Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be episode number 57. Just plain old 57. Numbers no longer have any meaning to me. Yeah, we're over the trying to figure it out in another language. I know. It was just a lot of math, of which I'm not very good at. And also, I didn't even attempt to do. So, kind of lazy in that way. I wonder what it would be in Roman numerals. Well, we've already we found seen out that, that Roman numerals. If I are hard. do Roman numerals, it would stretch entire body length around you. You make up numbers and letters. I didn't know that there was a YXQ2Z in Roman numerals. Yeah, you tried to put one in there. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't a le- it was a letter, but it's not a Roman numeral. Hold on a second. Let me take a sip from my brand new espresso from my brand new espresso machine. Which this we're not is, sponsored by anybody. We just love espressos. <laughs> this we, is our third one of the day. <laughs> we just bought a no-name machine off of Amazon, but it seems to be doing a real good job. So It's much better than our previous Mr. Coffee espresso machine that uh, exploded, literally. Yeah, it, it literally exploded. Yeah, and it we found us. out how dangerous espressos can be. So if you have had bad experiences with espresso machines, please contact us and let us know. We'd like to hear about how they blew up in your kitchen. Yeah, so if you have a cheap machine, don't tamp down the coffee grounds. Yeah, don't act like some newfangled barista like she thinks she was. Yeah, I had learned how to properly make an espresso, thinking you could do that on Mr. Coffee's version, but you can't. Mr. Coffee said, ha-ha, <laughs> I'll show you, and then he exploded. It was amazing uh, it was in the fun. most horrific possible way. But anyways, so Crystal, how have you been on this fine and otherwise caffeinated, have I mentioned we're drinking espressos, <laughs> week? I've been great. We went shopping the other night, and I bought almost every Christmas decoration you can imagine. Only because they ran out of things to purchase, not because you said, well, this is enough. No, see, I'm currently working on this space. It's not complete. It's just this this is a work in progress. This room is sparsely decorated. Compared to the rest of the house. Very sparsely. Yeah, I usually just decorate the kitchen and living room and dining room area, but this year it spilled over into most of the house. I've been staying up till 3 a.m. watching DIY videos on YouTube about how to make Christmas stuff cheap. And she's decided she's going to make her own DIY channel on YouTube. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. To show everybody else how they're doing it I call that a flight of fancy, like you have. You had a flight of fancy? I think that's what this is. Oh, okay, cool. But I did make these really cool mug toppers and fake cupcakes that are sitting on the table, which I am in love with. Yeah, notice them. They are very... Festive and homemade, mostly. You see this one right here, this pink stuff? This is spackle. It is. In it's fact, spackle. That you used to uh, fill in holes in walls. It's spackle. Well, the reason it's pink is because it's not dry yet. When it dries, it'll be white. The one in front is drying presently, and it is uh, sort of white. Sort so of by pink. Christmas of 2026, this will be <laughs> 75% white. But I like the pink, actually. It, it stays is, that way. It looks delicious. So. Yeah, I know. I just want to take a bite of it kind of obsessed with them and I want to make like 500 of them. You should but, start a business. Uh, no, I've cut myself off right now. I need to cut off this espresso. Yes, you should. Also, your parents are coming to Tybee for Christmas, so that's exciting. It is. The first time we'll have the family here for Christmas in Tybee. That's going to be a whole big old time for everybody involved, especially if I'm still juiced up on espressos. Yeah, if we gave your mom one, she'd be up for a week. Yes, because uh, my mom's not a drinker. But just as for comparison, on the downer side, we got her a margarita one time at the Mexican restaurant nearby, and it was a big margarita, and she drank about that much of it, and I think she got sick that Yeah, she night. was sick the rest of the night. She's I not think. a big drinker. So to see her hopped up on this amount of caffeine. Yeah, that would be fun. She might die. As long as she doesn't get sick. Yeah, let's don't do that. <laughs> Cut her off before she starts. Mm. Yeah, so it's been a great week. We've seen... Uh, a lot of stuff going on on Tybee. Oh, yes. It's been 80 degrees, so it doesn't feel like Christmas. And on our walk tonight, we saw a fake moon. We did. They're using in this movie that they're making, which we found out is supposed to be called Project Artemis. Yes. And I have an interesting story about Project Artemis and how I almost got killed by Channing Tatum. Do tell. So they are filming this movie on Tybee Island, which is where we live. And they have Scarlett Johansson. Did I say it right? 
Yes, but you took it too long. It's because I was waiting for you to interject Johansson. and correct me before I finished. And you always want to say Johannesson. It just looks like that. Is it Johannesson, people? I think it's Johansson. I have no idea. Have you noticed we're drinking espressos <laughs> and we have a log on fire behind us? But that's neither here nor there. He was supposed there. to make a Christmas graphic for our um, podcast. But I'll that get didn't to happen. that directly. I got a new keyboard today. So. This is the scene. They're on the main strip. They have the main road closed off where all the bars and stuff are, like where we do our open mic and stuff. And I had to go to a local convenience store to get a few things. Um, Later at night, it was around 1030-ish, I think. And it's right beside Tybrisa, which is the main little drag of Tybee. And then that comes off and goes down Butler, which is the actual main road that goes back to Savannah if you drop down it. And I went in the store, and I got harassed by one of the crewmen or something. They wouldn't let me come and do a U-turn, so I drove all the way back around, flipped around, came back, went in the store, talked to the guy I usually talk to that works there. And as I'm coming out, I find out why they wouldn't let me drive down the road, even though I wasn't going to continue to where the set was. I was going to do a U-turn because that's sort of how that works. A cop car came flying by with its lights on, went the wrong way on a one-way street, came around right in front of this convenience store. And then after that, and I'm already crossing across the sidewalk because I parked across the street. So I'm cutting across, probably not supposed to walk in the middle of the road. Well, they made me do it. And when I did that, I saw this blue Chevrolet Camaro Super Sport uh, convertible vehicle full of what looked like greasers come flying (laughs) down the road. And it curves around coming towards us. And who is driving the car but Channing Tatum? And I'm in the middle of the road. Looking homeless. And he's like flooring (laughs) that thing because he had a vehicle behind him with a camera on it, one big fancy looking cameras. And I'm like, oh, no. I literally just walked into the middle so instead of a Hollywood of trying movie to get shot. out of it, what, you just get your camera out and start filming. I got my camera filming. out and filmed it. I said, Channing Tardis! You ruined their shot. It was great. It probably cost them like $50,000 for a shot to did. do it. I'll probably just be in the movie. This would be great. You I can't, y'all have got to watch this movie when it comes out so we can see if I'm Brett made it. I'm wearing an old uh, like jogging pants, sandals, yeah. a zip-up jacket. I did look homeless because I was just going to the store. I wasn't going out in public, although I would go in public look like that <laughs> but when he came by he he like he's right on the curb and he curves around me and there were several other people in the car one of them just stared at me as he came by and it was so funny because it looked like grease because yeah. all the people in the car are dressed i think this is set in the 60s yeah. and he's just looking at me and i'm like you know what i know channing tatum's a pretty high list movie star the other people in that vehicle with him might have been other people too and i was like there oh. might be somebody yeah and because uh to prove i'm not a liar I'll go ahead and post the video and show you of where the car come flying by and almost run me over. And that one guy in the back just staring at you? Yeah. Somebody said it looks like Tom Holland. Oh, gosh. I don't think that's who And then the was. other person said, the person driving the car looked like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I was like, it's Home Alone 6, oh, The wow. Revenge. Oh, so here's the yeah. video. So, Crystal, how do you feel about being, you know... With somebody who's been around movie stars on a movie set, in a movie shot, ruining movies like I would if I was in Hollywood. Well, I mean, I could literally walk into the sandbar and sit down next to Channing Tatum and I'd have no idea who he was. Well, me too. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what he looks like. The (laughs) only reason I knew this was Channing Tatum is because I knew he was in the movie and he was shooting. Yeah. And this dude looked like he came straight out of a Navy SEAL place. I mean, his his chiseled face and everything. I'm like, Magic Mike! That's what I should have said when he wrote, Magic Mike! <laughs> oh, I would have paid to see that. I would have too. Of course, I did get shouted at by two different sets of crew members, you know. But I'm like, you know what? I was just trying to go to the convenience store. I wasn't trying to crash your Hollywood party. That's your fault for having a Hollywood party in between me and a convenience store. <laughs> That's you should amazing. No better. Thank you for that amazing story. We have quite a few things to talk about this week. First, I wanted to share a photo of one of our favorite listeners. Lorelai Wilson sent us a picture of her enjoying hot chocolate in her favorite Scary Savannah and Beyond mug. We love this. Look, do you see her picture? Yeah, you see her picture? And you know what happens every time you buy a mug? What? Oh, we play sound effects. Magic. That's magic. That's what magic sounds like. 
Thank you, Lorelai. If yes, you want to get you. your own mug, go check out our merch store. We have a lot of great stuff that will make great Christmas gifts. That's a great picture. It is. Next, we had a really positive response to last week's episode about the Alec Murdoch investigation saga drama. Not sure what you call it, but our numbers indicate that it's a topic a lot of people were interested in, and we've gotten some good feedback, so we appreciate that. One of our listeners, Savannah Marchion, wrote in and said that she was actually in Charleston at the time of Alec Murdoch's arrest and saw him being escorted by the police out to the police car. In quite a hurry. Yeah. She said she didn't realize that it was him at the time. She said that she saw a bunch of cops and sled come flying down to a hotel. The infamous sled. And they drug out this red-headed man. Yeah. And she had no idea who he was at the time, and apparently nobody in Charleston did either, because yeah. I guess it wasn't big news at that point. Yeah. But then she said after that, she saw him on the news, and she's like, I know that guy. I saw him for like a quarter of a second. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I really enjoyed researching that case, and if you haven't checked it out, go back and listen to that one after you hear this one. That was episode 56. One of my favorite numbers. Is it? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I well, do like the number you five. like five, so. Wow, I'm juiced on espresso. <laughs> we also have an update on the Marshall House. We had a listener write in and share their recent experience staying in the most haunted room, 414. Christopher Davis and his wife Deanna decided to spend their 13th wedding anniversary in the most haunted room in one of the most haunted hotels in the most haunted cities in the entire United States of America. These are my kind of people. They are. They've got a little bit something wrong with them like <laughs> us because, you know, who wants to stay in a haunted room? Cool people. I don't, I like actually. The cool I do it because you want to. I'm scared of it. All this time, especially, I thought you liked doing that. Especially after what happened to us. But let's hear more about what happened to them. We're going to share portions of his article with his permission. If you would like to read the whole article for yourselves, we have linked to it in our show notes. And you can find that on an article where he wrote on Medium. The article is called... We spent three nights in a haunted hotel room. Christopher and Deanna were only slightly familiar with how haunted the Marshall House is supposed to be, so as soon as they got to their room, they both began to Google all the details so they'd know what to expect. What they read got them pretty nervous and excited when, eventually, everyone needs to use the bathroom. Deanna first. The door was left unlatched, as agreed, lights on. After maybe a minute in the bathroom, and in a very calm manner, she walks out and says, This room is legit haunted. I have an all-over body chill that is not going away. And I'm sorry if you don't sound like that, but that's how I envision every I woman. don't even know if they're from the South. <laughs> they're probably from Ohio. I don't know. Weirdly, I had started to develop a chill as well. I did not tell her this immediately so as not to confuse things. Deanna said she sensed it to be female. I rubbed her back for a minute to reduce the chill. As hers subsided, mine did as well. Now we were really excited slash nervous. But was this real? Were we hyping ourselves up and manifesting these chills because we just read scary stories about this scary place? Is it because we secretly wanted something to happen? Had we read too much Google? Probably. Most likely. For me, it was hard to sleep. The anticipation of having some encounter kept the eyeballs open. Senses were high. Every little sound was amplified. When would it happen? Pound, pound, pound. I awoke to something moving the bed. I guess I had fallen asleep after all. What was that pounding? Was that me? Yes, I, I think it was. I was just out of a dream, so I could remember dreaming of banging a hammer. And I may even remember slapping the bed with my hand. Weirdly, the thought of a ghost never even crossed my mind, and I went back to sleep. I read the next day that other guests experienced movement at the end of the bed, including shaking and pounding. 
Some have even seen a white glow at their feet. Did I dream of the pounding? Or did it really happen? That same morning, I went down early to get some coffee and read my book. Deanna stayed in bed for another hour. When I returned, she had a story of her own. It had been tranquil with me out of the room, and she was alone. She started to hear faint whispers close to her, female again. She could not make out what they were saying and was unsure where they were coming from. But they were there, and then they stopped. In 1854, many children died in the hotel during the yellow fever epidemic, and child ghost encounters are commonly reported. They are heard talking, crying, and playing with marbles and balls in the hallways. Was this the whisper of a child? Had Deanna experienced these sounds in a dream state while in and out of sleep? Did she hear real live voices from the hallways or from outside that might have seemed like whispers? This was when we decided to go on our picture-taking excursion. Deanna started taking photos of every view of the room, and then into the hallways and around the hotel. Our goal, of course, was to capture images of orbs and other spirit-like things. The hotel was warped and rickety. Lots of sounds. Old and tall hallways. Think of The Shining. A perfect haunted house. We returned to the room, unmolested by ghosts, and started to inspect the pictures. Nothing exciting. No orbs or spirits or black cats were apparent. Disappointing. There was this one completely black picture. Completely. Right there in the middle of all the others. It was taken in the room before we went into the hallways. Weird, right? On a digital cell phone? How can a digital camera take an entirely black picture? We assigned ourselves the task of a more thorough photo investigation once we returned home to keyboard computers and big screens and would let it be until then. When we arrived home, we examined that black picture with the Microsoft Photos app that comes loaded on a new laptop. We used a bigger screen and zoomed in 600% to see if something was there. What we noticed was a random squiggle pattern, like the pattern a cloth would make if its picture were taken up close. There was something there, not just black. We then used the Photos app to increase the brightness to its extreme and pop! Right in front of our eyes was a bright spot sitting high and right from the center. From that spot emanated a glow that dissipated away from the core. Amazing! Did her cell phone capture the energy of a ghost in that picture? Was the energy too intense for the camera? Is that why everything around it went black? We tried to think of logical answers. Deanna must have put the phone on the bed or some other surface for a moment and accidentally clicked a picture while the lens was covered. We replicated that theory and covered the camera lens with a dark colored paper. Our test picture also turned out very black, much like the original. But when the brightness was set to its extreme, there was no change. It was still 100% black. No bright spot. So what do you think? You now have all the information. Did we capture the energy of our weekend ghost host? If you're not watching this on YouTube, we're going to post the pictures on social media so you can draw your own conclusions. So Crystal, I'm fascinated to know that you likely have an opinion about this story and pictures, so please share with me your thoughts. Well, normally, I'd be pretty skeptical, but knowing what I know about the Marshall House and having my own experiences there, I'm much more inclined to believe that maybe they did capture the energy of a spirit there. And as far as the pounding on the bed, I mean, maybe his brain was trying to rationalize why he was hearing it by justifying it was a dream 
Doesn't whatever. your brain usually do that? Like it tries to figure out an explanation for whatever it, it sees or hears. and Yeah, because something couldn't possibly be pounding on your bed. Like that's just not your first thought. It's, and that's another reason people see things sometimes is because their brain is trying to make sense of something happening, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, that, that can also be an explanation for why people see or think they see ghosts yeah. sometimes. If you read the whole article, they had a few more little um, encounters. Minor thinks it's like you wouldn't necessarily think anything of them, except that it's not really normal, and so many other people have had the same kind of experience. So most likely they did have— I know have, we have. Yeah, so most likely they did have some sort of encounter with I a ghost. I don't doubt it. I I'm, I'm feel pretty confident that they did experience something. So we'd like to thank Christopher and Deanna for submitting this story to us through our website. It was very interesting, and thank you for the pictures and for allowing us to share it with our listeners. You can find that article, like I said, in our show notes. There's a link to it, and I encourage you to go read the whole thing and find out a little bit more about their experience yeah, at the Yeah, I enjoyed House. his writing. He's a good writer. And we love good writers. Mm-hmm. You can tell when someone knows how to write. Yes, they use words in <laughs> no, appropriate I can tell that manner. he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've written three novels that have not been released <laughs> to the world as I'm of just yet. saying, you know, if you read an article by someone who is not a writer, it's, you it's know, it's evident. apparent. Yeah. There's a lot of adverbs involved. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes adverbs work. I learned from Stephen King, don't ever use an adverb, but then uh, he goes and breaks that I rule all adverbs. the time. Every That's... Stephen King novel I read, there's two things he does. He uses adverbs and he kills dogs. I know. I hate that. I hate that he kills dogs. So if you have an experience of any type, whether it's in Savannah or not, you'd like to share it with us, and we might share it on the air if you'd like. So go to our website, click on the contact page. You can email us. You can send us a message through the site. We even have a phone number that will go right to our voicemail, and you can leave us a message like the lady that told us about her experience in the Marshall House as well. Yeah, that was also the Marshall House. So if you've not been to Savannah and you want to stay in a haunted place, I'm thinking the Marshall House is a good place to start because we've experienced something. They've experienced something. A lot of people have experienced something. Go there. Yeah, I wanted to stay there for my birthday that's coming up in a couple weeks, but the room is not available, right? Well, all the rooms are like $500 a night. (laughs) That's the problem. You said that's too much. <laughs> you said they didn't have any rooms at the Marshall House. No, they have rooms. I told you they have yeah, rooms. They don't have rooms at the Kehoe House. Oh, they have. They don't have rooms at the Eliza Thompson. Let's wait till it's like a little bit cheaper. I don't want to pay five hundred dollars to spend the night with a ghost. All right, we'll go on May twenty seventh. Yeah, that just so sounds like a, a good date. random date. So, Brett, spooky season is over. Thanksgiving is over. Christmas season is upon us, and this week's story has you don't no- say. <laughs> And this week's story has nothing whatsoever to do with Christmas. I tried to find a way to connect it in some way, but I was unsuccessful. I couldn't even make a connection to Harry Houdini. When I read this script, I wanted to go print a picture of Harry Houdini in a Santa hat and just have it taped to the wall and see if you noticed it. Oh, that would have been great. But, you know, I didn't. My research (laughs) skills are just terrible, so perhaps you should hire a new writer. Well, if they'll take the amount of pay that you do, <laughs> I, doubt it. I think that might be something I'll look into. But I did enjoy this story, and I know you love a cryptid, so we're going to talk about one of the most well-known cryptids out there, the one, the only, the Mothman. The Mothman. Can you do some like audience clapping noises on that fancy machine? You think the Mothman deserves a round of applause? I do. Let's go, Mothman. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Thank you. So for this story, we're going to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Point Pleasant is a small town located on the Ohio River. The population at the time of the story was 5,785 people. The town encompasses only 3.1 square miles, with some of that being water. So it really is small town America. Okay. Point Pleasant is the birthplace of a couple of notable people. Carl Probst, who was an automotive engineer was credited with designing the Jeep. He was born in Point Pleasant. That is fascinating. I had no idea. I know. The next time I purchase a Jeep, I will keep him in mind. Go Carl Probst. Go Carl Probst. Also, Ray Stevens, who is a Hall of Fame pro wrestler, hailed from Point Pleasant. I know you're a huge wrestling fan. You said Ray Stevens. I know. And you thought I was going to be okay with it when you told me he's a wrestling man. Well, we all know what Ray Stevens is known for. 
I know. I saw it's Ray me Stevens. again, Margaret. <laughs> I saw that name and I thought, oh, it's the guy that sings all those cool songs, but it wasn't. But it wasn't. It was some wrestler. Yeah, I'm sure he's pretty famous too. Yeah. The grandparents of author Mark Twain called Point Pleasant home, though they had migrated there from Virginia. If only I could somehow link Mark Twain to Harry Houdini. We could make up a conspiracy theory ourselves and just like, all you got to do is tweet about it and make it look like you're, you, you know something, but well, don't reveal anything and then just let it go from there. Well, they were contemporaries, so I'm betting that Houdini read The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. So there, I made a connection. You did make a connection, but I believe Houdini probably would have been more of a Adventures of Huckleberry Finn kind of guy. Did you ever read that book? Yes, I did. Both of them? I did. I did, too. I actually enjoyed them. I did, too. I like Mark Twain. He was an amazing author. Well, either way, I'm sure he read one or the other because Mark Twain's a little older than Harry Houdini, so he would have written those books by the time Houdini was old enough to read them, I believe. We should have looked into that. I did. Okay, well, that's why I said they were contemporary. Mystery solved. I'm sure he read them at some point. Besides wrestlers and famous authors' grandparents, Point Pleasant is the birthplace of the legendary Mothman. Oh, wait, there was not no call for applause there. <laughs> Thank Sorry. You. It all began in November of 1966, a time that I would like to point out. We did have cameras, so I just want to put that out there before we get started. That's her favorite thing to say in our Patreon episodes. Yeah, Every time I, I talk about evidence. a cryptid. She's always like, where are the pictures? I mean, if it was the 1800s, okay, I'll give it to you. But 1966, we got Polaroids. Somebody's got a pol- I assume they had Polaroids. I don't know. Maybe if we go down to this movie <laughs> set that set in the 1960s, see if they were carrying around Polaroid cameras, we'll know. Yeah. Two young married couples were out for a drive. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette were cruising around in Roger's 1957 Chevy along a dark stretch of road next to what the locals referred to as the TNT area. During World War II, this area was a top secret government munitions plant. Ah, oh, I like the sound of that. The people of the town were employed by the plant and they were bussed in each day on buses that had blacked out windows so they couldn't see what was going on. They were dropped off at their individual workstations and after their shifts, they were promptly bussed back off the property. It's said that they were working on atomic bombs. And the day after the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima in Japan, the plant closed. Well, our work here is done. (laughs) We've destroyed humanity. Left behind are abandoned buildings and igloo-style storage bunkers where the munitions were stored. Sounds like the perfect place for a cryptid to call home. It does. Nice little nesting spot. Today, the area is part of the McClintic Wildlife Reserve. In 1966, the area was a popular hangout spot for the local young people. Hooligans is what they are. You know how young people like to hang out at abandoned munitions plants? If I had one around here, I'd be there right now. Well, we're not young. But I would be cool <laughs> hanging around with the young folk at the munitions plant. And that would just get weird. I hang out with the cool young folk all the time. Who? My kids think I'm really cool. Oh, do they? <laughs> <laughs> as the two young couples were driving along, they were alarmed to see what they described as a, quote, large flying man with 10-foot wings whose eyes, quote, glowed red when the headlights shined on them. That is a common trait among many cryptids is they have red eyes. The eyes were said to be large and about six inches apart. And I think that's pretty far apart. Like our eyes are like an inch and a half. Yeah, so if you do it like this and this and this, I I can show everybody I have no idea of how dimensional space works. Well, six inches between your eyes would be a lot. So picture this espresso cup, like two of them. (laughs) They probably were about the size of the espresso cup. They claim that the creature followed them at high speeds as they raced back to town. Some reports claim that Roger's car had claw marks on the roof. That's a shame because that's a great car. That is a pity, but it might have increased the resale value in this area. But this is genuine, authentic Mothman scratches. Oh, that's true. At some point, I guess, Mothman gave up. They were shaken and debated on what to do next. They felt they should go to the police, but they were afraid they wouldn't be believed. This is also a common trait in cryptid stories. People have something happen. They rush to the police. Do they believe them? Do well, especially you believe them? in the 1960s. You know. It seems like that would have been more likely. The Mothman, you say? <laughs> of course he's out there. They finally decided to go back and look for the creature to prove to themselves that they had indeed seen what they thought they saw. They go back to the area and find the creature walking around in the TNT area. So he's still hanging around. Yeah. 
So they thought they were going to go prove the thing existed. They just wanted to think, you know, to prove themselves. They didn't grab a camera. Exactly. And the thing's just standing there waiting for them to come take a picture. Grab your Polaroid. Of course, we say that, and we're walking around oh, no. with a movie set up here and knowing that there might be something to take pictures of. And neither, neither one of us, us had candy. a phone. I am surprised that the Mothman <laughs> and the Slide Rock Bolter <laughs> and a vampire didn't just cross the street <laughs> in front of us. That's the first time we've ever left the house, both of us Which not having a phone. Which is why it should have happened. I know. So anyway, now they've got this story confirmed in their minds, and they go straight to the police. Again. They speak with Deputy Millard Halstead. Halstead knew the two couples since it was such a small town and everyone knows everyone. He believed their story because they were all hysterical and why would they make up something like that? The couples, along with Deputy Halstead, load up and head back to the area in search of this mysterious flying man creature. I'm assuming he grabbed his gun on the way out, but probably not his camera. He probably had several cameras on, you know on him got one. at the station and you he's like, I need to get station. rid of these to make room for more bullets. <laughs> When they investigated the area where they first encountered the creature, they claimed to have heard strange noises, seen ominous shadows, and they even found a hoof-like footprint, but they did not see the creature again. Hmm. Linda Scarberry was treated for shock. Supposedly, she received phone calls and visits from the men in black. Uh-huh. I guess she didn't accept big government's collect calls, so they just showed up at her door, and she didn't listen to my advice on never going to the door. Yeah, and that's not even cryptid related. That's just like... In general. They just don't want to be bothered. No. Don't answer your phone and don't go to the door. It's going to be one of two things. One of three things. It's either going to be an Instacart delivery or it's going to be... Which they'll just uh, leave at the door. It's going to be uh, somebody out there politicking. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be a sheriff deputy. Government. In any one of those three situations, you don't <laughs> want to be It's going to be a big door. government. You don't want to hear from them. Yeah. So the next day, Mason County Sheriff George Johnson held a press conference discussing the strange sightings. Headlines in the Point Pleasant Register read, Couple see man-sized bird, creature, something. What a catchy headline. It sure is. This sparked a rash of over a hundred sightings of the creature in the following days. But as you'd expect, no one took their cameras. No one ever does. But we do have some compelling drawings. What do you think of these drawings, Brett? I can tell you right now, looking at these drawings, <laughs> there's absolutely no reason to own a camera because this <laughs> drawing truly captures more so than a camera ever could. I really think I the could, The essence like, of a bowling pin with hair. I could put tie a pencil <laughs> to Layla's tail and let her just scratch onto the paper. Draw me the Mothman, Layla. And I think it would look just like this. And he's like... Well, you definitely caught him. That's him. He's the bowling pin with long hair. In most eyewitness accounts, it was agreed that the creature was gray or brown, standing like a man, about six to eight feet tall, and having a 10 to 12 foot wingspan. It would take flight, much like a helicopter going straight up. And of course, it had large, glowing red oculars so you thought i was gonna say eyes i did because that's what i wrote it's eyes it is eyes i just uh, i wanted to like break the tension okay, okay i was getting a little bit worried about that okay all these sightings elicited headlines all over the country this is where we get the name mothman one of the articles is said to have contained the moniker based on a batman comic villain the killer moth so it was like a combination of the killer moth and Batman. The Herald-Dispatch newspaper tried the name Mason Bird Monster, but that just didn't catch on because that sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah, Mothman is cool. much cooler. Yeah, So it didn't stick. So did you ever read that comic with Mothman? I don't read DC Comics. I only oh. read Marvel. I didn't know you didn't like Batman. I did not like him. I just didn't read the DC comics. I only read Marvel because it's sort of like Ford or Chevy if you're a nerd back when I was a kid. Okay. It's like you don't like them both. Okay. Outside of our friend Jim, who likes them both. But <laughs> eyewitnesses that came forward, such as Marcella Bennett, described him this way. He was shaped like a male, the huge wings, the way he was standing, the head like a bird. I'll never forget the way he was standing. It was like he was just relaxing, like he was just waiting for that moment for me to walk up. The neck looked like it went down in, 
like a bird, way down in the neck. To me, it wasn't of this world. After her sightings, Marcella suffered from anxiety and nightmares. She reported she could often feel his presence, and she developed the ability to have premonitions along with psychic visions. Others that had encounters with the creature reported similar experiences and subsequent strange phenomena such as malfunctioning electrical appliances, doors that would mysteriously open and close, cars that would malfunction, and there was an increase in UFO sightings in the area. You wouldn't know anything about that, I know. No. Yeah, I have nothing to say on that subject. As you wouldn't. The Mothman continued to make appearances until the following year in December of 1967 when a terrible tragedy occurred on the Silver Bridge. On December 15th, Silver Bridge, which connected the city of Point Pleasant, West Virginia to Galapagos, Ohio, collapsed during the rush hour commute resulting in the death of 46 people. In the following days, Witnesses came forward saying they had seen the Mothman on the bridge the day before the collapse. Others said they had premonitions of the tragedy. Was the Mothman the cause of the collapse? Or perhaps a harbinger of doom? Either way, he was no longer the subject of headlines and sightings died off in Point Pleasant. Explanations of the creature range from radioactive birds to aliens, to ultra-terrestrials, which are apparently interdimensional beings. I don't know anything about them, and I cannot confirm any of this. It's classified. Well, let me ask you if you can confirm this theory. There was a claim that the Mothman was simply a misidentification of a sandhill crane. This is a large bird with a wingspan of up to 10 feet, and we're going to put a picture of it up right now. It sort of looks like that picture of that bowling pin with hair. <laughs> Maybe they're on to something. Maybe. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't either, I guess. I mean, this very clearly is a bird. Yeah, if you were driving down the road and you saw that standing for a second, you'd be like, what is that? But as soon as your headlights focus on it and you stop yeah. and you're staring at it. I mean, the first thing you say is, that's the Mothman. But then as you get closer, <laughs> you're like, no, it's a bird. It's a sandhill crane. It's definitely a sandhill I mean, look crane. at how thin the neck is and like the face. like It's like a duck head. And like, the narrow. I mean, it's, it's clearly not it's a... It's not the head an, of a man. A six to eight foot tall man yeah. with a 12 foot wing. Now, the wingspan matches. But that's that could about possibly it. Possibly be, but the face is nothing. It's I, nothing like that. I don't know. And I don't think it has red eyes, even with the light shining on it. So another theory is that it's an owl. I guess it's that same owl they're trying to pin the murder of uh, Kathleen Peterson on in that case. You know, the staircase where the guy supposedly pushed his wife down the stairs. That's one I can't believe you haven't wanted to talk about after watching the TV show. That's sort of a parody. Yeah, and they blame that. it on an owl. And it turns out it was an owl the whole time. Ruin the show for you. In that TV show. You don't show. know what show we're yeah. talking about. Nobody's probably ever watched it but us. But how can an owl appear to be seven feet tall? Well, owls are huge. But they're not seven feet tall. They're not seven feet tall, but maybe if it's standing if in the road in front of you. In you, flight, maybe you could be confused by it. But standing in the road, I mean, an owl's big. But me and you both have walked beside a full-grown pelican. Yeah, and it's and not pelicans are massive. Yeah. You remember when we were crossing over near the hurricane yeah. over on the beach, and there was a pelican standing there, and that thing comes up like halfway up my waist. But that's including its neck. I mean, like, they're saying this is standing on hind legs like okay. a man. All right. Well, I'm not so saying no I agree with the bird theory. I'm just saying that an owl is not as big as a pelican, and I don't mm-hmm. see any way somebody would confuse a pelican for a cryptid. Now, it is known that owls can appear to have red eyes when the lights are shining on them. So that is the only thing I can see a, con- a connection with. In 1981, it was discovered that the water about six miles north of Point Pleasant had been contaminated when the water began to turn red. Uh-oh. This led to the theory that the Mothman was the result of a bird encountering a radioactive or contaminated environment and becoming a mutant of some sort. Yeah, I like this theory. This is the most plausible for me so far. This is the one that is the superhero origin story. Yeah. The bird was near. Actually, it's more like the Ninja Turtles where yeah, the truck Ninja crashed Turtles. and the mutagenic ooze went all over them and then they lived in a sewer. 
Yeah, I like this one. Next, the old standby. It was a weather balloon. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to well, understand this. How is it a weather balloon? As a representative, <laughs> come on, an, big government. In an unofficial capacity, a big government. I can say the most likely explanation is that it was a weather balloon. And the with reason, glowing red eyes. The reason that I say that it's a weather balloon is because that's what we want you to think. And we're always right and only have your best interests at heart. So don't question them. Okay. Other theories are that it was a prank. Maybe it was a bored teenager in a Halloween costume. Well, I have seen pictures of Halloween costumes from back then, and they were quite terrifying. They're actually probably scarier than the actual Mothman would have been. Yeah, yeah. So I could believe that one. The increase in UFO sightings caused some to believe that Mothman was an alien. Others think he was an ultra-terrestrial being who traveled from another dimension. Ultra-terrestrial is even bigger than you. I mean, then if you were an alien, you know, it, you know, is above you mm-hmm. in the hierarchy. Yeah, because we don't travel outside this dimension. Wuss. <laughs> Maybe he was here to warn about the bridge collapse. Maybe he was just trying to chase down the car and tell them about the bridge, but he got offended when they sped away. Or maybe... These sightings were just a case of mass hysteria. Oh, fully I do. (laughs) That's that's just two people. (laughs) There were a bunch of separate two people. Also, it happened to like... To a bunch of two-person... 50 times. Associations. I don't know. Although the sightings in Point Pleasant subsided after the Silver Bridge collapse in 1967, Mothman is said to have made appearances around the globe. He became somewhat of a figure that is said to foreshadow tragic events. A harbinger of sorts. I thought it was harbinger. A harbinger <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> who, who said it correctly? I don't know. I'm not sure. I've always said harbinger, but maybe yeah, it's harbinger. Well, you don't know how to read, so. Maybe it's harbinger. Know. We'll find out. Before the Chernobyl disaster in 1986, there were reports of a winged bat-like creature being seen around the town. Some workers suffered nightmares and incessant threatening phone calls thereafter, most likely from the men in black. So uh, you travel over there now? Who said I'm involved with that division? I mean, who (laughs) said I know anything about these men in black you speak of? I know nothing. A lot of people claim that the creature resembled a man-like bird with red eyes, and some came to refer to it as... The Blackbird of Chernobyl. I like Mothman better. Yeah, it makes more sense. According to a Georgian newspaper, which I'm not going to attempt to oh, pronounce. That's very would you? clearly Svobodnaya. Svobodnaya Gruzia. 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 Russian ufologists claim that Mothman sightings in Moscow foreshadowed the 1999 Russian apartment bombings. Now, why do they have... UFOologist or UFOlogist. You should be that. That's funny. I wonder I if you have to have any so kind of like degree to do that. Or you're just know. like, well, I've decided I'm a UFOlogist. <laughs> it was either that or, you know, remedial basket weaving. And I went with the UFOlogist. I'm probably just offended like an entire blanket. Basket weaving is pretty cool. Crowd of people, which I do agree. Basket weaving would be really cool. Yeah, it's pretty intricate. But I'm talking about UFOlogists. I'm sure they exist. I believe there's stuff out there. Does any of them listen to our show? Let I don't us know. know. If you do, let us know. I would be very interested in to see what it takes to have the qualifications to be a certified UFOlogist. I would, too. And we could talk we about it. We could add it. that to your list of flights of fancy. I would become one. So on September 11th, 2001, some reports came in of the Mothman making an appearance in the vicinity of the Twin Towers. Some said they could see his face through the clouds of smoke. On August 1st, 2007, another bridge collapse occurred on Interstate 35 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. 13 people died and 145 were injured. Some people reported seeing a Mothman-like figure next to the bridge about a month before the collapse. Okay, that one I can see why there weren't people taking pictures. But on 9-11, there were cameras everywhere. We have photos galore. There was a picture in the National Enquirer of Satan's face in the clouds. So I don't know if so maybe that's the same So if they got thing. Satan, how did they not get the Mothman? Was he just like maybe so low-key? Maybe the Mothman is Satan. Maybe he's low-key that day. I don't know. Could be. 
1975 book by author John Keel helped to further the legend of the Mothman and was even adapted into a 2002 motion picture called The Mothman Prophecies, starring Richard Gere. We didn't get a chance to watch this yet, but I did watch the trailer, and it did look pretty interesting. I also saw it stars the actress who plays Wendy Bird on Ozark. Oh, that's cool. Does yeah. she have a name? Her real name is Laura something. Uh, let's go with Wendy Bird. No. <laughs> it's Laura something. And Laura I, something. I, I just couldn't think of it right now. But yeah. It's not important. I like her. She's I just funny. said Wendy Bird. Yeah, Good Wendy enough. Bird. She's we know who actor. you're talking about. So we're probably going to check that out. But I think you have to pay for it. It was like rent it on Amazon nah, Prime. Our stuff. daughter's probably got it on Hulu. We'll yeah, figure, figure out. out who's got the right subscription. Yeah. In 2016, a witness who didn't give his name, so I'm already trusting his testimony as much as any of them, claims to have captured the Mothman on camera along Route 2 in Mason County in West Virginia. And there's no way this is photoshopped. Yeah, so this is the photo. And you see that black blob in the middle? That's supposed to be Mothman. And now now that I'm seeing it, I see what he's talking about. I see you can circle it when you get a minute. Yeah. See that center part? You see the bowling That's ball supposed to be the body. <laughs> and that, I assume that would be the hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's clearly not It's clearly Mothman. Moth- no, it's Mothman. In 2017, the Chicago Tribune reported over 20 sightings of a winged humanoid believed to be the Mothman between April and July. Look, it's a winged humanoid. <laughs> so it looks like he's still making appearances now and then, but it seems he's developed a love of travel. This time, he didn't seem to be forewarning about a pending disaster. Maybe he got tired of being ignored. Could be. Just because Mothman no longer frequents Point Pleasant doesn't mean he's not around. Residents have seized on to the legend and become a tourist destination for all those Mothman fans out there, and there are plenty of them. Since 2002, Point Pleasant has held an annual Mothman festival attracting 10,000 to 12,000 visitors each year. The current population of Point Pleasant is only around 4,000 or so, so you can imagine this is a very good boost for their local economy. Yeah, they have less people now than they did in 1966. I guess once Mothman left, they're like, what's the point of living in Point Pleasant, (laughs) West Virginia? In 2003, a 12-foot Mothman statue was erected on Main Street. It's quite a statue, I must say. Brett, will you please describe this piece of art for us? Oh, I'd love to. See, the first thing your eyes drawn to in this picture is the incredible realism of mm-hmm. this creature. And you can see, by the way the artist has rendered it, that it looks very much like an owl. <laughs> it does or not. possibly a weather balloon. <laughs> Because we all know that standard issue government weather balloons have ruby eyes. And a six-pack ad. And uh, that's an eight-pack crystal. Oh, he's got eight? No, no it's I six. see six. I guess I do need glasses. I think you do. Um, I was trying to count again. I'm like, but oh, outside oh. of that, I would say it's a very understated piece oh, of understated. art. And uh, I could totally see it standing in a bar here on Tybee. No, that wouldn't surprise me. And not as a statue, but like, a, like literally mm. standing there getting a drink. Oh, yeah. That would, Yeah, we could see him here. I'm taking my phone next time. Yeah. So if you want to see this thing for yourself, make sure you visit Point Pleasant on the third weekend of every September for the festival where you can visit the Mothman Museum and Research Center, check out local vendors, take part in a pancake eating contest, take a hayride tour, and possibly even locate a weather balloon. <laughs> so, Crystal, what do you think? Is the Mothman real? Yes. And the reason I know he's real is because if you visit Point Pleasant's local coffee shop, The Coffee Grinder, you can order specialty chocolate called Mothman Droppings. Wow. Or a Mothman cookie complete with red eyes. And the cleverly named beverage Mothman Coffee. And if I've learned anything at all about cryptids, it's that if they have a drink named after them, they are undoubtedly real. In your mind. But Mothman steps it up a notch. Oh, how so? Not only does he have chocolate and cookies and coffee, if you visit the local pizza joint called Pizza Village... Let me guess, they have a special pizza and it's got a really fancy, catchy, thought-out name. It does. What is it? The Mothman Pizza. I love it. You'll love it. I love it. So this is undisputable in my book. Check out this pizza. 
wow, it's spinning or something, or maybe I've got motion sickness. <laughs> Is that like Mothman droppings beside the pizza? <laughs> Those are mushrooms. <laughs> I think beside the pizza. That's the wings. Oh, you mean all <laughs> <laughs> Mothman droppings. Oh, no. Uh, I'd still eat it. So Lydia Woodall, who's the manager of Village Pizza, shared an account of a Mothman encounter that she was told by a woman who claimed that many years ago, the Mothman had come into her home and was trying to steal her six-month-old baby. Oh, no. She had to wrestle the baby away from the Mothman. I guess he just gave up and left after that because he didn't take the baby. I guess I'll be... It just seems like he gets dissed a lot and ignored. So he's like eight feet tall, 12-foot wingspan. And you can't take it away from a woman. you can't take the baby away from a woman. And This is not to belittle the strength of women, but... No, but if I'm correct, the name that she gave was... You remember the man driving the 57 Chevy, Roger? I do. I believe it was his mother and... She was saying that when he was six months old, the Mothman came and tried to take him. Maybe the Mothman knows something. So he had come before this first sighting was reported. And then the second time he tried to finish the job. Yeah. And couldn't pull and it off. failed. I wonder whatever happened to Roger Scarberry. I don't know. That might be an interesting subject of study. Yeah. Well, you can't find pictures. Like, all I found were, like, blank pictures. Mm. They've been deleted from history, I think. Maybe he never Do existed. you have anything to do with this? I personally don't have anything to do with anything as far as you're concerned. Well, I'm actually a huge fan of the Mothman now, and I would love to take a trip up to West Virginia and get me a Mothman coffee and maybe a T-shirt. What Let's do you just think? be honest with me. You wrote this story today, so you've already gone on their website and ordered a coffee mug, haven't you? I haven't, but it was in my plans. I thought so. I was going to get you something for Christmas with Mothman on it, I would but now you've it. ruined it. Hmm. I'm sure you can think of You'll something You'll forget else. about it again. You can get me an authentic Mothman pizza. Oh. Just have it delivered. I just want to go there. I want it delivered oh. from West Virginia, not <laughs> shipped. I want somebody to drive it here. So what do you think, Brett? Do you think the Mothman is real? And can we take a trip and get some Mothman droppings? They're uh, part A. Yes, I believe the Mothman is a weather balloon. Okay. And the weather balloon was very real. The owl carrying the weather balloon oh, see, was now also that makes more real. Sense. So it's like kids stacked on top of each other wearing a trench coat. Except it was an owl carrying a weather balloon yeah. that was flying across the street. Now, this makes a lot more now, sense. Now, the weird part of this was is that somehow this weather balloon had flown through a bowling alley before it came over. <laughs> and the string on the bottom had wrapped around several bowling pins. <laughs> And as the balloon came out of the bowling alley, the owl caught the balloon and flew with it across the street. And this is what they saw. And it's very plausible. And this is exactly how it happened. So, yes, I believe Mothman is real in that respect. And part B to your question is, sure, we can go to the mountains. Okay. And then can we sneak into the abandoned munitions plant at night and see if we can find his nest? I I would think that that's a stupid question to ask because, of course, we can sneak into the munitions plant. You would do that. No. I would be trespassing. You know, you know me. I'm well, a rule follower. I'm you, a chronic Will you stay in the follower. car nearby and let me do it? If it's on, like, uh, non-private property, like <laughs> if I'm on the highway. <laughs> yeah, but that's the road where they saw him in the car. I have blinkers on, you know. <laughs> that's the road where they had their encounter. Okay. Well, then I'll stay. At the hotel. At the hotel. And let me go out by myself. I'll stay at the hotel that's in a different city. <laughs> And you can drive there by yourself. I mean, you if you're crazy, that. you could take your daughter with you. Neither one of them likes scary stuff. They're scared. Yeah, they wouldn't do they it. They can't handle the truth. And they get that from their daddy. I can handle the truth. I just don't confront it. <laughs> so thank you for writing this story. This was very informative. And uh, I'm and glad that 100% I could. 100% true. Oh, 100% weather balloon. Fact check me. Wonder, wonder why it's a weather balloon? Because that's what we tell you it is. So just believe it. So you're going to eat. Wave that little wand, make us all forget. What wand? <laughs> so that's going to bring us to the portion of the show where we... Insert graphic here. Haha, here comes the weather balloon. <laughs> what, what we're, we're watching. watching. So this week, or should I say weeks, we've been watching something nonstop. The only thing Crystal's consumed more than this is podcasts And that's because there's not a waking moment where she's not listening to a podcast. Even when she's asleep, she's listening to podcasts. Even when we're watching television, she always has one earbud in and is listening to podcasts. I'm a multitasker. Apparently. 
And so what we're watching would be literally every episode referencing a holiday baking slash cooking slash cake decorating slash gingerbread house episode ever made on every network slash channel. And I bet our listeners weren't aware that there are over 600 episodes of Kid Cookie Masters Holiday Edition Supersized Extravaganza alone. You know, that's not what it's called. And we've watched every single one of them. So, Crystal, could you please review every episode ever made referencing holiday baking and give your dog treat rating from 1 to 12? Well, I'm going to make this really easy because I give them all a 12 out of 12. What a shock. And why? I love them. They just make me happy. I like having them on in the background. And they have inspired us to do our own. Well, yeah, there's that. That came from YouTube. This is mostly YouTube. Yeah, check out little Rudolph there. He's cute. This is little Rudolph. Little Rudolph. It's a little out of focus, but whatever. So, 12 is your rating for every episode ever made since the beginning of time, which is approximately 45,264. It is, and it's inspired us to make our own gingerbread house this year. It has indeed. And not the kind that you buy at Walmart that's already easily put together, and all you got to do is just put the candy on it. No, we're going to bake our own gingerbread. And decorate it. and We are. Structural gingerbread. And then we're going to cook actual gingerbread so that I can eat it. Yeah. And if you know me, you know that mid-century modern is my favorite style. So we're not going to make a traditional gingerbread house. We're going to make one in the shape of a mid-century modern house that I found a pattern for. We're not making a dungeon. That's not gingerbread-y and I want to do the Tales from the Crypt dungeon. No, we're not doing that. So we're going to make a little special episode where you can see us decorating a gingerbread house. And we're doing this together, not separate. So we're going to see it's how well. It's not a competition. Well, yeah, we're going to see how well we collaborate because I'm not very good at team activities. She's especially not good at working with me because yeah. I don't move fast enough. And Nobody it, moves fast and enough well, for her taste. You don't Nobody. think like I think. Oh, I don't think at all. Like we go looking for candies for this thing, and you have absolutely no like input ideas. Like you're just staring at the candy. Frustrated because I know you're going to get mad at me. So I'm sitting there like, what do I pick? I want to pick. She's going to get mad if I don't pick the right thing, and I don't do it like right now. And then you're just standing there staring at candy melts, and you're like, I just want to get these blue candy melts because they make me happy. (laughs) Why didn't you get them? I said get them because you're like, what are you going to do with that? Well, you you have to have a plan. Like I'm just going to buy this bag at all. Just gonna buy. Why this, are you even this, here? This bag of blue candy melts. What is wrong with you? And the whole time she's doing that, I'm sitting there looking at the blue candy melts, thinking, you know, that would make a really good crib for the crypt keeper. <laughs> Very nice color. A crib. Crypt. Crypt. <laughs> for the crypt keeper. Why melted blue? Yeah, you just paint it with a little bit of gray on the side, and then it looks like concrete. Even though he was in a wooden crib. Okay. I didn't think it that far through before you got mad at me, so. You know how it goes. You take your baking seriously. Well, surprisingly, it was hard to find gumdrops. Well, until we went to that trashed up Dollar Tree. <laughs> it was Dollar General. Dollar General, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so thank you for sharing your 1 to 12 dog treat rating. Yeah, I'm everyone just, go out and watch all the shows on Food Network. Literally all of them. Every it's single one of them. Holiday Baking Championship and Santa's Baking Blizzard and Kids Baking Championship. There's a lot of them. And yeah, they're all fun. Oh, so much fun. There's so much going on. There's so many people baking cakes and using isomalt and see, using it's royal icing. You want to try isomalt and you know it. No, I don't because I'll burn myself. Well, you want to see me do isomalt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's usually what I want to do. I, I want to be involved, but I don't want to actually do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not that I'm lazy. It's just I know I'll screw it up and I like to see it done right. <laughs> So my review is, I'll go with her review on this one because I'm by no means an expert in design and or baking and or Well, really you have to admit activity. that it's been a little inspirational. It was your idea to make a gingerbread house. I also had the idea to make aprons. So I'm just full of ideas. Well, yeah, you are. But if I get on board with one of your ideas, it usually happens. So that's why that's going to happen because I agree with this one. Nice. This is not overwhelmingly like something we can't pull off. I think we can pull off pull a gingerbread off. It's house. It's going to be phenomenal. And if not, we're going to start a business. No. <laughs> and if we don't, we'll just go buy a kit and not admit tell defeat. anybody. Yeah. 
No one will know. We're going to make construction grade gingerbread. Out of concrete. Which takes like a week to dry out. And then we're going to make like the edible kind so yeah. you can try it. Because I don't think I've ever had gingerbread. Have you? I can't remember. I don't think I have. So it'll be interesting. We're going to make little gingerbread men that are edible. Perfect. So Perfect. It's going to be fun. So that brings us to the portion of the show that we like to call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee Talk. And Oscar. See, you messed up. And Oscar. I, I was going to say it. So the girls are scared this week. They are very afraid. A terrifying presence has entered the house. Something so evil that they will do anything to stop its overwhelming darkness. Of course, what I'm talking about is a motorized Santa figure that Crystal has put in front of the Christmas tree for some reason. And here's a video. So, Crystal, our dogs are valiantly trying to protect us from this sentinel of Yuletide cheer. Why did you bring this thing in the house? And more importantly, how long until it kills us all? Well, the thing is, I decided to pare down my Christmas decorations this year before I went crazy and bought more. Well, you pared them up. (laughs) No, so this was one of the things I was on the fence about, and I actually was going to get rid of it, took it over to our daughter's house, and, of course, Kirsten's terrified of it. So We put it in her room to try to scare her. Yeah, so I got to looking at it, and, like, you know, I really do kind of like it. It's vintage so I brought it back home, and I set it next to the tree and plugged it up, and I had brought it out, like, four years ago for the first time, and it's been sitting in the, in the closet since. And Layla had not liked it back then, and I thought, well, maybe now she wouldn't notice it. Yeah. Oh, she noticed it immediately and continues to hate it. As she should, because it's clearly evil. I like it. I think it's kind of cool. But we had this, like, pretty stuffed vintage Santa. It was my favorite. I got it at Goodwill years ago, and it used to sit in the hallway and scare the children. Yeah. And... Apparently, it scared Coffee quite a bit as she destroyed it last year while we were in Vegas. He paid the price. He did, and it's irreplaceable. She was just thinking about us. It's really irreplaceable. It was probably consumed with some sort of demonic entity, and Coffee just took care of it. I have a picture of it from last year, so we're going to post it, but I loved it, and I've tried finding a replacement on eBay, and I can't. So if anyone knows where to get this vintage Santa, let me know. Yeah, she'd be forever grateful. Yeah, I paid like two ninety nine for it at Goodwill. Two dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, of course. Not two hundred. Oh no, 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 no! I don't pay that kind of yeah. price for a Christmas vintage stuff. Okay, so you can find us online if you go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms by looking for the username at Scary Savannah. If you're not already watching us on YouTube, you ought to be because you can see all these Christmas decorations and all this cool stuff going on. And our Yule log in the background that's been going on this whole time hasn't burnt the house down yet. Then again, it's on YouTube. So I guess we're safe. Maybe you can see the stockings behind Brett. They were hung with great care. They were. And the little candy cane wreath that I made. Uh huh. And the Mothman standing right over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> You can also get uh, cool merchandise like we had from our loyal listener, Lorelei, and go to our website and click on the merch tab and go see all the cool stuff that we've got there. It's probably cold where most people are and they can be enjoying their hot coffee or hot cocoa in one of our mugs. Or espressos, Well, see, which don't go in a mug, but hey. It's a small little dose of hot coffee. I think it's congealed now. It's like tar. (laughs) You can also go on to Patreon and find exclusive exclusive episodes and help support the podcast go to patreon.com forward slash scary savannah and you can sign up to see our exclusive episodes and listen to them and help support us at the same time so if you want to hear a little christmas episode check out patreon you gotta be a subscriber exactly and also speaking of empty espresso cups we need more espresso because i think we've got a crippling addiction i don't think you do I think I do. Well, you have a crippling when I just have the formation of the habit. And you can help doing that by going to our website and click on the little yellow icon on the bottom left-hand side and donate coffees to the podcast, which will translate into support here and help us keep our coffee cups full and keep the energy up and help her write these scripts like yeah, she's been I've doing. Yeah, I've had um, three espressos. I've had a Red Bull and I've had a giant bulletproof coffee today. Yeah, so that's you're how definitely just going to crash at about 3.30. You're going to be wide awake until you crash, and then you'll try to sleep until noon. 
Did you turn the TV off last night when I walked out of the room? Uh, yes. I was trying to go to sleep. You had been asleep for an hour. Well, maybe it was time for you to go to sleep, It too. wasn't. I turned it back on. Yeah, I know. As soon as you came in the room, you turned it on. And please also tell your friends about our podcast. If they know podcasts exist or they don't, YouTube's a good place for it. You can find us on all podcast players. And if you mention them in a comment and tag us, then uh, we'll talk about you on the episode. And it'll be all kinds of good fun. Shout outs are fun. Everybody will be so pleased. So I believe that's going to bring us to the part of the show where I get to hear you say 15 words and then I say something real catchy and clever and then we run off and go look for the movie. The moon. Oh. The moon. Join us next time in Savannah where the ghosts and the good times live on. But do you know who don't? Who? I'm going to wager it has something to do with a bowling pin, <laughs> a used mop, and mothman droppings. <laughs> Combine those three things together and put it on a pizza. I don't think I will. It's going to be good times. Let's head to West Virginia right now.